everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. This is It's Brittany Beth, part two, a deep dive of the inimitable Brittany Jean Spears. In case you didn't catch this, so my business name and the podcast name and my Instagram handle is Be There in Five. Every day, somebody's like, Beth, I am your biggest fan. I'm like, are you? Because my name is not Beth Aaron Five. It's it, it's Kate, but I understand. I get it. Honestly, I get it. I honestly, I just, it's my alter ego, my Mona Lisa, if you will, uh, which we will get to because I did forget to bring up original doll. We went high level over what a conservatorship is and like speculation uh, surrounding it, some of the high points, and then kind of did a timeline to illustrate what happened leading up to 2008 when this conservatorship started. The reason I focused on that first is I, because I do think that is the context being left out of a lot of the more viral meme type things that are being shared about Free Britney. And I'm not saying anybody deserves to have their constitutional rights taken away. But I think when you revisit the behavior prior to January of 2008, it's, it's not just like it's not the umbrella smashing and head shaving and like British accent, you know, those are things that like people will point to to be like, I don't know, everyone has a breakdown now and again. And I agree. And in the last episode, I told you like anybody would be pushed to their limit. Imagine dealing with mental illness on top of that and or did this trigger mental illness, you know, like I think there's an element that can be environmental and there's an element that can be hereditary. It's it seemed like it was the perfect storm. And um, she says she doesn't think it was depression or alcohol or anything when she went into rehab. but. Also, this was before she like she had another uh, like what's it called? Rock bottom. Like after she wrote that letter that made me cry, I felt really bad for her. I really do think that was in her voice, um, which is alarming when you consider her Instagram captions now. But I wanted to explain that to you because I do think it's important context for like this. It, it, it makes this seem like less of a deliberate financial scam. Because she truly was in danger. She was putting her children in danger. There was a Child Protective Services case open against her. That, like, that's a problem. And I'm sure most of you like acknowledge that when you're putting kids, uh, when you're compromising your children's safety, it, it doesn't mean like you can't recover from it or you're a bad mom or whatever. Like I know she was dealing with something much uh, deeper and less controllable than, um, you know, just like clean up your act, kid. It's like, no, there's there's a lot going on there that needed to probably be um, excavated and managed. And I think it's clear that she was going through so much, it was clouding her judgment as it relates to her children. And I think that's the context that m helped lift the um, fog for me of like thinking that there was a part of this that could be financial. The uh, lawyer I talked to today, Rebecca Grant, who's so wonderful to talk to me and let me record it. She made me think differently about the financial piece, too. It's funny because Brian Spears put out an article in People magazine or yesterday or people picked it up. And you know what I said about people it's by the people's people basically being like it was necessary at the time, but she's wanted to be out of it for a while. I think that was the gist of it. And like, that's exactly how I feel. Well, I'll, I go back and forth. And on some, in some ways, I'll be like, yeah, it was necessary at the time to oversimplify. But do I think that people's constitutional rights should be denied? Like, that's that's a, like, no. But I know conservatorships, like the entire point is to protect the conservatee. And like, apparently they aren't granted to people who don't genuinely need them. It's very hard, guys. 
uh, I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. Um, but if it kept her and her children safe for that, I am grateful. I just do not understand if it was more environmental, situational, why the hell she would still be under these constraints now. But we'll hear from the lawyer in terms of realistically, would these things be actual constraints? I forgot to bring up so many things. I mean, I forgot my favorite line, skinny as a needle. Did I forget that? <laughs> I don't. I didn't listen back to the full thing yet. And I think I forgot to... Um, I didn't talk about the gym house, the gym fire, which is, uh, is weird and iconic all the same. Just in terms of like I started an entire business whose premise is not burning your house down with hair appliances. My reminder mat business namesake be there in five. I had a mat that said, turn off your candles. I made reminder doormats that were upside down that reminded people of things on their way out. One thing being blow out your candles, though, my white barn, you know, bath and body works, uh, leaves, winter, sweater weather. Warm vanilla sugar candles. They don't really interact so much as they're just in a glass jar. So I'm not really sure if she was lighting full on um, parcel birthday party uh, tapered candles. I don't know. There's been a lot of talk of the third eye lately on Instagram. Uh, so maybe she's she's doing some meditation. Not sure. But I just yeah, that that that's an example of a thing. Why would she admit that on Instagram? Like, again, I really do think she's controlling her Instagram. And I know the, the devil's advocate is they're trying to make her look crazy. But like, who and why? She's not working right now. The people aren't making money off of her. Wouldn't they want her to get better? I think they're almost like letting her live to like let her see what it's like. But again, I'll probably change my mind in roughly three to six minutes. I also forgot to bring up Original Doll. That album that allegedly was scrapped that was supposed to debut in like 2005? 2000... She first talked about it in 2003. Uh, at like a Kiss FM radio station with the single I have heard, Mona Lisa. And when you think about that letter she wrote about using her brain, like people were starting to notice I was using my brain. Like that's where I get suspicious again. Um, And I think she wrote an album that was, I think it was supposed to come out either before or after in the zone. It was definitely before blackout. And I think it was a more uh, autobiographical about her experience being Literally, like I talked about before, like a vessel for the music industry and just a doll. People dress up and constantly touch her face and her hair and like tell her where to go and like move her limbs. And like she really just has is like puppeteered, like in sync, no strings attached, except theirs were ultimately severed. But were they? I mean, they they were kind of involved with Lou Pearlman. Yeah, no, they were the ones involved with Lou Pearlman because Lance Bass did the documentary. How little money they made was shocking if you haven't seen that YouTube documentary about Lou Pearlman, who was kind of in this web of people, though I don't know if he worked directly with Britney. There, there was a lot of scamming going on at that time, but this is just such a would be a long con for the better part of 12 years. But anyway, back to Original Doll and Mona Lisa, the song, an alter ego Spears used when she needed to get things done. That's interesting. I was watching this Diane Sawyer interview and she was asking her about her tough year. And then Brittany actively like cuts off the conversation, looks away and like talks to herself. And she's like, strong, Brittany, strong, Brittany. And then like starts acting kind of odd. I almost wonder if this alter ego thing is like a thing for her where she like almost has to uh, compartmentalize or put on a facade or I don't know. So original doll, she wanted to release it. Uh, it says summertime 2005 or maybe a little bit before. Also, when you think about the title of original doll and what that hairstylist said when she shaved off her head that everyone's always touching her hair and stuff. Like, I think that was her statement, right? Like that that is kind of a thing that people could control but like now what are they gonna do she doesn't have hair for them to mess with you know i i 
something about the hair, the head shaving, I don't view as crazy now. I kind of almost view as like empowered in a weird way, even though I don't know, like, is it that crazy when you just think about shaving your head? I don't know. I think too, like it's a freaking security guard's fault. I'm so mad at him. And it just take a little listen at Mona Lisa in terms of like her seeing herself as Mona Lisa. It says painting up on a wall. Everybody stares at it. Mona Lisa is stone face. Everybody like takes pictures, goes to see it you know, does, you know, t- takes us whatever time they need, gets whatever enjoyment they want out of it and goes away. They don't like view it as like a, a real thing. They don't examine it for the art that it is. It's just like a famous, well-known thing they kind of see in passing. And like, she's talking about waiting for it to fall. And I just, I don't know. I find this very interesting. why this deep dive will be the end of me there's endless stuff you could go into i'm so sorry if i left out any details that um you think are important to the situation i also know that a lot of this is redundant because i've had to hit the same points to tell the story i kind of wanted to um hop around uh and also i just think a lot of this is complicated stuff like the capacity declaration and the timeline and the lawyers and whatever so um i'm gonna first reinforce some of what I've researched and tell you in layman's terms. A lot of this I recorded before I actually ever talked to the lawyer because I, I had talked to the first attorney out of LA and I wanted to kind of have it fresh in my mind. So then I could go be devil's advocate and kind of talk to Rebecca, who's the amazing attorney we have on today. And I'm so lucky. The other thing too, like that I'll never get past that. I still not convinced by. So she'll say a lot that like, like, you know, a understandably, she doesn't isn't going to confirm anything that's not documented. She couldn't find proof of a lot of the documents. And as an attorney, like you just don't speculate off of nothingness. Um, So it's not like we have hard and fast answers, but she can at least elaborate on what aspects of the law that are ba- that from the rumors that are being spread are legitimate. And I think what I'm still not clear on and what I kind of kept alluding to and what the the first lawyer I talked to kind of agreed with, in a sense, she's probably going to reach out and be like, no, I didn't, but she's anonymous, so whatever, uh, is that, okay, even if, let's say a bunch of these things aren't enforceable, like the cell phone, the internet access, going to Starbucks, like whatever it is, um, driving your car, talk, having guests, whatever. Let's say that by law, like that's not enforceable or that's not a part of the petition. Um, just because it's illegal doesn't mean it's enforceable and doesn't mean that people behind the scenes aren't making or do stuff, right? Like just because they can't technically force her to take psychotropic medications, who's to say they aren't? And that's the, that's why this is at never ending. And that's my concern here is because if you, if we do know that you have 24 seven security detail, if we do know there are clauses like you can't meet with a third party attorney uh, without Sam Ingram, Ingram, her current attorney present and the conservator present, you're never alone with a third, like a, an objective third party. You're always around the people that will speak for you. And if you want to contest your conservatorship, how the hell would it get to the judge or like the court? You know, like what if security or your conservator or these people like are blocking you? 
Like, what if she felt like she had to do things like write that note to that guy on TikTok that I'm still unclear why he took to TikTok? Uh, like, the, the, that is where I get a little spooked. And I'm like, yeah, think about it. If, if you aren't allowed to do any of these things, and if you are never alone, and people are watching everything you do, if you are trapped and something is wrong, who are you going to tell and who's going to believe you? And it's the Ashley O. Black Mirror of it all. It's a freaking nightmare. And the fact that Miley Cyrus says free Britney, I'm like, well, see, now I'm talking myself back into it. I truly don't know, but, but I really am trying to play, you know, devil's advocate and like f- defend the movement the best I can of the questions I assume you would ask when being told these things. So I'm sure I'll miss things. But yeah, let me just uh, elaborate a little bit more where we left off in terms of uh, I was reading kind of like that from that gossip piece, what uh, Brittany, what, after that second 5150, James Spears files for the conservatorship with Andrew Wallet. Uh, she's denied the ability to retain her own counsel, select and retain her own counsel. And the she's denied attendance to her own hearing. These are two things I was enraged by, did not understand, and needed a lot of clarity on. So I kind of deep dove into this piece. And then I kind of talked about this in the last episode, but I actually do think it's interesting when you dig a bit and understand more about what, how, uh, how being incapacitated is defined and how much more broad it is than well, how broad dementia is in and of itself. And beyond that, the mental illnesses that can be factored in to hinder somebody's capacity as it relates to one of the main pillars of eligibility for a conservatorship, which is the inability to resist undue influence. Right. Anyway, I'm getting off track. My point is, yeah. I can't tell if it's a case where she's actually doing what she wants and this is she's off her medicine, but she just kind of has to stay in one place and she's not really allowed to be around, you know, around other people or her kids or whatever, you know, or it's like if we know something's a little off. Is it that she's actually getting to do what she wants and this is what she wants and we've only seen her medicated? And I know it's inappropriate to specula- speculate, but we're here and I know you're thinking about it. Or is she being like medicated and like and maybe incorrectly? You know, is are they trying to make her look like that? That to me is so dark. I, I can't even understand that. But like, what is it doing, though? Because that's not going to generate revenue. She, You know what I mean? Like, she's not she's not doing the thing that makes all the people money who are allegedly in, uh, in, uh, in on it for her money. And then the third part of that could be. It is. I think that. It see, I don't know. I think it could have to do with mental illness, but not maybe to the severe degree that I'm initially thinking. And like, is there an element of regression when you've been under such tight constraints? Is there an element of, uh, you know, when you've endured trauma of, you know, stunted emotional growth? Uh, You know, was she just denied a childhood? And like, you know, this is kind of something that the first time she's like had peace and quiet and been able to do things like, you know, light candles in her gym. I don't know. I was tra- like, I was going to say, do things like dance. No, she dances a lot. What what else has she been doing? I actually think the her video formats work well for TikTok. It's a little more fast paced on Insta. Like the, 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 the fast, like hip thrusting yoga is a little like call on me video and it just isn't really like soothing. Um, but I love the fashion runway things on her porch. And I'm so skeptical because she made a weird comment on her Instagram yesterday she was answering questions that, you know, as we know, she on, she typically will answer questions that like she says are in the comments, but people didn't actually ask them probably or maybe 
I can't imagine she's looking at the comments. Maybe her team is. I don't know. Uh, and she answered bizarre questions. And I feel like one is directed to Jamie Lynn, because I, as I told you yesterday, Jamie Lynn has been like, no one will ever understand. Leave her alone. You don't know what's best for her privacy, blah, blah, blah. But this almost suggested to me that like she wanted to take a dig at her sister because Brittany's the one in the castle who can't deal. Just listen to the clip. It's interesting. A lot of you have been asking me more questions in the comments, and I'm here to answer all of your questions. So the first main question that you guys have been asking me is, what's my favorite Disney movie? My favorite Disney movie is probably Frozen, just because I really like the fact that the two sisters, um, their relationship, and then one goes off and lives in a castle just because she can't deal anymore. Um, my favorite movie movie is probably uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, what time do I go to sleep? I go to sleep between 11.30 and 12. Um, what's my favorite flower? It's a rose. And how old was I when I got my first car? I was probably 17 years old. And have I ever gotten a speeding ticket? I've had one speeding ticket my whole life. Hi, guys. Like, she did go off and live in a castle because she just can't deal. And, like, she maybe doesn't have speeding tickets, but she has a lot of, like, traffic violations and, like, car accidents. What is that? What Like, it's so... Yeah. Anyways, it, you can see it as signs or you can see it as like she's truly just being random or maybe she's delivering signs. But well, Rebecca talks about this. Like, that's actually something that's pretty common. P people do want to get out of these, but it doesn't mean they should. I, I'm going to maybe bore you for a second, but I do want to talk through my understanding of. The nuances of this conservatorship to a degree, just to set it up for the convo and also. Um, I assume if you're here at this part, you like actually care and like want to dig in. So we're going to get pretty granular here. And a lot of people, this might be the only episode they're listening to. So a little context that uh, I don't necessarily know if Rebecca and I get into. But we talked about uh, conservator typically petitions for one of two things or both to take control of your financial affairs and or your person. And in Brittany's case, her conservatorship is uh, set up to control both. And by definition, just to clarify the person piece, a conservator of the person is appointed to make decisions about personal matters for the conservatee, including decisions about food, clothing and residence, which I know sounds crazy. And it is a conservator of the estate is responsible for handling the financial affairs of the conservatee. The conservator has the power to collect the conservatee's assets, pay bills, make investments, etc. However, the conservator must seek court supervision for major transactions such as the purchase or sale of real property, borrowing money, and the gifting of assets. A conservatee can have different people as a conservator of the person and estate, or one person can serve both functions. So just a clarification on what a probate conservatorship is and entails. It's typically about the person, about the financial affairs, or both. Brittany is both. This is different than a conservatorship that is solely for the purpose of the care of a person's mental health. That is called an LPS. It's something totally separate. Rebecca will explain this, but in the probate conservatorship, they're general and they're limited within probate conservatorships. And then probate and LPS are very different. What we think Brittany's conservatorship is from a probate standpoint it sounds more like an LPS, but Rebecca said no. But I kind of am like, I find it weird that she's in the type that perpetually renews, whereas an LPS, the mental health one, you have to renew it annually. And I almost, I mean, this is like such speculation, allegedly. What I gathered from the other lawyer I spoke to is like, 
there's almost kind of some loopholes or like some convenient ways that this general conservatorship has comparable control to that of an LPS, even though it's not the same technically and it's totally separate. But the difference being the uh, general, the probate conservatorship does not require yearly renewal. The L.A. lawyer essentially said, like, yeah, it's outside. You know, you have to do the yearly accounting and she can contest it at any time, but it doesn't have to be actively renewed. It'll just like go on in perpetuity until she stops it or is allowed, you know, ruled to allowed to stop it, which I thought was terrifying and interesting. But I guess it makes a little more sense if it's typically for dementia. But I'm glad to hear that the one that's more mental health centric, um, the, it, it's re- reevaluated on an annual basis. And I don't want to misspeak about the probate, but I, the 730 evaluation that's being done right now about Brittany, I think, is in dir- a direct result to her contesting it or it the, there being a new conservator. But it's not constantly up for reevaluation as far as I understand it, unless she has to. uh spark interest in that and again how how do we know she hasn't been trying to communicate that forever and just nobody's telling the courts because like if people call you crazy do they believe you like i don't know it's kind of upsetting to think about and the other piece of this that's like a big piece of the movement gossip meme twitter thread type thing is the notion of her being marked as having dementia at age 26 which seems insane i got two different opinions about this the first uh, attorney I talked to was like, it either seems like something that was accidental or uh, which I'm like, what? Or something that was kind of marked to expedite it because the type of court, I forget what she said, I, that you um, initially petition. It's not like the final court, the final hearing, the final order. You can mark things on the because I was like, well, isn't that perjury if she doesn't have dementia? She was like, actually, no. Uh, so I thought that was kind of weird. But I think Rebecca's more of the Photoshop persuasion, which we'll get into. But yeah, that's like what's so hard anymore. It's like people are straight up Photoshopping Chrissy Teigen tweets that are like in favor of Pizzagate. And she's like, I never said it's it's insane that people go to these lengths. It's like, what is your I don't I don't get it. Like, why mess with things like this? Gosh, it just drives me crazy to think people would like take that joy in misleading people. But the big differentiator between a probate conservatorship and an LPS, what I was just talking about, is that an LPS, the more mental health focused one that is run by a different department, that does allow uh, a conservator to hold the conservatee in a mental institution against their will. A probate conservatorship does not, uh, but apparently you still can petition to have that be a part of it. So this is where it's confusing because the lawyer's going to be like, that's not part of a uh, gen- uh, probate conservatorship but if there is always that chance that they could have filed for all this stuff that's sealed that's like well how do we really know and the dementia piece is bizarre but what i wanted to talk about specifically is this thing called a capacity declaration that's required for uh the review of these cases for the ruling of these cases for a petition to move to an order i gather you need to have a, a capacity declaration by a third-party doctor there's checks and balances here allegedly uh, that states that you have the competency, capacity, and ability to essentially be making decisions about your financial affairs, your person, and to resist undue influence. Beyond that, this uh, the doctor that was brought into a, a conservatorship petition, I guess, is may they have to determine if you are have the capacity to appoint your own counsel and attend your own 
hearing, which I think is insanity that this could be put in place without the conservative present. But alas, Brittany was excluded. This 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 kills me. I know I already said this, but like, think about it. The, the plot of 5150, she gets taken, followed by the paparazzi, put in a mental institution, is there for three days while people gain control of her entire life and it's never the same. It's it's hard. I just wish it was temporary. You know, like I wish she had another shot. But again, this is why the capacity declaration matters, because there's got to be something in there that we just cannot comprehend about the dire nature of the situation. And we have to be comfortable with never knowing that. So I mentioned one thing I thought was interesting is that part of what people find sketchy about this is that her initial doctor said no. That he would not fill out the capacity declaration. And Rebecca explains that. And then a doctor came in like, you know, in a week, a week before and ultimately made decisions for her that would affect her for 12 years named Doc James, Dr. James Edward Sparr, that I don't know anything about him. Um, but one interesting thing is that the lawyer Brittany tried to bring in allegedly uh, again, drink every time I say that. Um, Adam Streisand of the Streisand Streisands. He was brought in by Brittany and ultimately dismissed from court because the capacity declaration deemed her incapacitated to appoint her own counsel. What's interesting is so Dr. James Barr's report essentially squelched Adam Streisand's ability to be a part of the case and Brittany I believe 10 days later, tried to do it again with another lawyer, which just pisses me off. Like of all, like, can she, can she have one thing? Um, but they, the court appoints, or I don't know if the conservators are, no, the conservators couldn't do that. I guess the court appoints um, Sam Ingham, very famously on the Casey Kasem case, major scandal. Uh, that's again, up to open to interpretation, but look it up. Uh He's from a pool of attorneys that handle this type of case, high net worth individuals, high profile individuals. He has experience in this arena. That could be why. Who the hell knows? I think it is suspicious, the Casey Kasem connection, you know, because people are going to read into that. I mean, what do you think they're going to? Obviously. Um, but what I think is interesting about the Adam Streisand piece is I actually wouldn't be sketched out by Dr. James Spar. I actually think Adam Streisand might have brought him in. When the other doctor said no, because there's a white paper from uh, the following year in 2009 for the American Bar Association that is co-authored by Adam Streisand, the lawyer that was dismissed from the case because Brittany wasn't able to select her counsel. So and by Andrew Streisand, co-authored by Dr. James Edward Sparr, the doctor who deemed her incapacitated to use Adam Streisand. So they know each other and their academic peers at the very least. And the entire white paper is so educational. And I learned a ton about why there's so much more to conservatorships of this type than just dementia and why it's not like uh, an incapacitation that we're probably imagining that's like super exaggerated and physically manifests and why your everyday pretty common mood disorders can influence other criteria that still make you uh, eligible for a conservatorship and impede on your decision making to the point where somebody else would need to control your finances and your person. So I can't emphasize this enough. This capacity declaration is the smoking gun. And by definition, in summary, 
The capacity declaration is a required form used in California conservatorship cases. It is completed by a medical professional who has experience and current knowledge of the proposed conservatee's medical status. The form serves as a general medical overview of the proposed conservatee and gives the court valuable information to determine whether or not a conservatorship is necessary. So what kills me about this case is that, like I said, not only is it determining if the conservatorship is necessary, it also determined that she didn't need to be present and couldn't appoint a lawyer. I find that like to me, that sounds like unconscionable. Um, (sighs) But okay, here's the missing piece to me. I hope I didn't already say this, and I'm so sorry if I'm repeating myself. But I think the missing piece that people are like aware of, but I think that impacted that decision of her not ha- picking representation and being present is a function of that if she knew the conservatorship was happening, she would have told Sam Lutfi, the guy they were trying to get her away from, who did go to the hospital somehow during the 72 hour hold. So in the alleged paperwork, from this case that we cannot confirm is from the actual case, it is spelled out that Mr. Spears is concerned that Mr. Lutfi will be told about this if Brittany knows about this. And I think something was going on that's like really bad that they like physically had to separate her from him more so than anything. Like I think Sam Lutfi was a big piece. I think, you know, protecting her kids and her not blowing her money or giving her money away or whatever was happening is a big thing. I think some underlying mental health issues were a piece of it that probably get triggered or exacerbated and or those influence her decision making ability that at this time was deemed to be hugely impeded in some way. And when I at a surface level, I kind of thought the way that was it just seemed like it was had to be just like dementia or like you had no idea where you were. You had like no mental competency. But until I read this white paper, I didn't realize it had a lot more to do with your cognitive ability as it relates to decision making. I'm going to read you a couple of things, then we'll get to the in- interview, just so that I think are good context to help you understand that what you think is required for uh, to be deemed incapacitated is actually there's a lot more variability than you might think. And it's a lot less obvious than you may think. To be considered undue, influence must contain an element of coercion destroying the free agency on the part of the testator. The testator's mind must be subjugated to that of another, the testator's free agency destroyed, or the testator's volition overpowered by another. (laughs) This is like, I find this all so incredibly confusing. And I keep using the word capacity and I'm kind of like, well, what are the metrics that determine capacity? And both decisional and functional capacity are threshold concepts, meaning an individual is either impaired enough to lack capacity or she or he or she is not. There is no middle ground. Really go doubling down on the binary pronouns here, gang. This is this is California. Go with the times. So if you meet the threshold of being considered decisionally or functionally or both incapacitated that's that there's 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 no gray no wiggle room no middle ground and this white paper said that these are examples of mental disorders that can erode competency and increase vulnerability to undue influence so i don't want people to think i'm reading some sort of convenient data set or something this is a white paper specifically about mental disorders that erode capacity and i am not trying to diagnose britney rather explain the broad range of disorders that could be classified as having the ability to erode competency 
and increase vulnerability to undue influence. And remember, there's mention of Sam Lefty and her needing to get away from him leading up to the 5150 in Lynn Spears' book. He is mentioned in the alleged documents that we don't know are real from the petition. He is mentioned in Brittany's Instagram caption from April of 2019, saying that Sam Lefty is writing fake emails. He is the person she was with the night before her second 5150, where she's screaming at him to get out of the car, let her drive. She goes to get a 24-pack of Red Bull and a pink wig. He apparently, there are a lot of rumors on the internet, allegedly not proven, I don't think, unless anybody has something, let me know, that he was drugging her. He's, he's been portrayed to be a huge, huge problem. And when we heard Brittany very sadly in the 2008 MTV documentary in the last episode say, I let like myself get involved with the wrong people and bad people, I'll be paying for it forever. Like, something must have gone down. So here is what this white paper says are uh, different mental health conditions that can erode capacity. One, mood disorders, like general depression, hypomania and mania. Psychotic disorders, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar disorder, psychotic depression, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, frontemporal dementia, Parkinson's dementia, Lewy body dementia, vascular dementia, dementia due to other medical conditions. So I thought that was interesting because I'm, I'm so hung up on the dementia piece and, or so hung up on like, I don't know, like it's full on like hallucinogenic state of psychosis type thing. You know what I mean? Like. I not I, I like am very improperly relating this to like a 1950s depiction of like, a, you know, getting like electric shock treatment, you know, like this is the stigmas mental institutions have been trying to overcome for decades that I still some for some reason think of. Um, but like, no, depression, <laughs> like the, the casual mood disorder, a lot of like that's the thing that gets tricky, though, is like. There are people walking this earth with depression and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia who like thrive, who live their own life, who figure it out, who medicate like that. That is not a, a reason your constitutional rights should be taken away. My God, no. Mental health needs to be destigmatized. We need to not be suggesting that people need to be under control and a watchful eye. Rather, I think it needs to be openly and honestly discussed how wide of a spectrum how the symptoms can vary, how everyone's condition is so individualized, how in, how private it needs to be. And I don't know. It's like, is it normal? Not, normal is not the right word. Do you typically hear of people in this sort of situation with mood disorders uh, or, you know, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, mania, hypomania? Like, I don't know. I can't anecdotally speak to that. My research says that it, this is not normal. Um, but I do think it's important to highlight that that is included within this realm are more common mood disorders and not just dementia. And my point beyond that is that I think the Sam Lutfi of it all and the undue influence piece of conservatorship eligibility is a much bigger part than maybe I initially realized. And I don't know, I don't know if that's helpful or serves anybody. Um, and I don't even know if uh, uh, Rebecca will agree with that. But uh, this is just my theory as of now. And I do think it's also important to point out Many of us, if you've not seen it firsthand, cannot understand the reality, the intensity, the unpredictability, the potential danger. If you are on an extreme end of a, of a, of a spectrum of, you know, any uh, sort of mental health issue, it can be very, very challenging for your loved ones. It has the potential to put you in danger. And I've had some people reach out to me that have been like, you know, I have a sibling or parent or whatever that's severely bipolar and when they detail it it's like 
it's it's a terrifying loss of control and it's an unpredictability when it's good it's good and when it's bad it's really bad and and bad can mean bad behavior bad decisions give away your money you know you know take drugs make bad decisions or it can be life or death and you have to remember that and this is why this like i'm so wishy-washy because without this sealed file we we really can't know if something was conveniently exaggerated to push it through for urgency's sake or if there's really something so serious going on that maybe we're seeing manifest in some way now whether she's on or off medication on in terms of her instagram behavior we know something's not right but we don't know what it is and um it's just so hard and i could like muse about this all day and i hope i'm not boring you but i i uh above all else just want to be extremely sensitive to that that uh no, I don't think these things should be stigmatized, but we also shouldn't pretend that we know what mental uh, mental illness looks like at all ends of the spectrum, because it is a huge, huge challenge for many, many families who honestly, I think at times would like to have more control, but would never be granted it because it is so hard to get one of these to go through, according to both lawyers I talked to. For me, from the issues leading up to 2008, with her behavior, her mental state, the safety of her children, her general decision-making, the intensity of the media, the horrible treatment, the aggressive paparazzi chasing. She had everything working against her. And if that on top of a, a, another, you know, mental illness and, you know, people like Sam in her life that were horrible influences that were, ta- whether they're taking money or drugging or whatever the rumors are, like, I don't see I see this. I went through all of that because that's why I don't see it as a financial scam. Like if you want to launder money, if you want like inside trade, like there is a there are a lot of ways to make a lot of money under the radar that don't require you to steal from your kid in a situation that you set up where you have to submit annual accounting for the conservatorship and any outside trust, you know, that has an LLC with their involvement, I believe. So it's it's just it's if you're going to steal money, this like even though he has control over it, it's not like. I don't know how to explain this, like if you're just going to be involved in a big Hollywood money scam, and you have access to a lot of people and connections. I just don't see this being the way I can understand this being a way people want to inherit wealth and how conservatorship abuse does happen. And I can see how when you, you know, you, you rack up lawyer bills and you involve so many people and her, you know, she gives away a million dollars a year and blah, blah, blah. But like. She's a very wealthy woman, and a lot of this stuff does have to be taken care of, and it does take time. And I don't, what is Jamie Spears paid 100000 or in change? Like, that sound, I know that's a good salary, but it kind of, it's a full-time job. Like, he, I think, I hope Rebecca explains this later, but it's kind of like you are, you're negotiating all the business, to, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, she has a business manager, but, like, he's involved with everything involving her career and finances and living situation and security. And like, I don't know. So conservators do get paid because they put work into it. And beyond that, I don't think anybody wants to like imprison their child. Uh, I, I don't know. And even though we don't love Jam- Jamie Spears and he's problematic at best in, from Lynn's book and from interactions with them, Sean Preston, I just, I don't know, guys. I just, I think there are, better ways to run a financial scam than to the essentially have your daughter be in jail. Maybe financial gain was a byproduct of trying to gain control over her health and well-being. But I do think the primary goal initially 
was gaining control over her so she wouldn't be a danger to herself or her kids and she could get away with Sam, get away from Sam. And if a byproduct of that was great, now we have her under our wing and can she can just like kind of get medicated, have to be medicated and like work like crazy. And, you know, we all gain from it all the better. Like maybe do I think it went on for too long? Probably. Am I concerned she couldn't contest it enough or in the way she wanted to bring in another lawyer? Like, yeah, I was very concerned. It, it sounds like a nightmare. But alas, these are the questions I need to ask. So let's get into it. Fortunately or unfortunately, in an effort to finish this and review Taylor Swift's album, I didn't sleep last night. <laughs> Not normal for most people, but my job enables me to, you know, sleep at weird hours. Needless to say, I missed my Helix mattress desperately and when i pull all-nighters to the podcast and it's so in such close reach it's truly torture i've actually i feel like i've talked to a lot of you about this lately there's a lot of you seem to be buying mattresses maybe because we're spending so much time at home uh but it really is one of those funny things like a pillow where you just forget that like sometimes the oldest things you have are the things you spend the most time on and when you're an adult and you know you have some disposable income it's it's a worthy investment and I've been very skeptical of, I don't know, really anything I sit or lay on that I get by mail that I haven't tried myself. But Helix Sleep makes personalized mattresses made right here in America, shipped straight to your door with no contact delivery, very important right now, free returns and a 100 night sleep trial. But to my point earlier, to choose the mattress, they have this proprietary quiz that uh, it takes like two minutes and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. I can attest to this. I did this. I could not be pickier about this sort of thing. I it tr we have ours is called the Dusk, um, and I like a soft mattress. My husband likes a firm mattress. It the quiz helped us meet in the middle. I'm a very hot sleeper. Uh, truly, I, I I'm kind of amazed that uh, how comfortable it is, despite me never lying on it. I, there's nothing I hate more than going to a mattress store and lying horizontally while I like full on double chin look up and talk to some like dude who's like hovering over me and pressuring me to buy a mattress. I hate mattress shopping. I, I genuinely love our mattress. It's so wonderful. Everyone I've told about it is a huge fan. I actually hear from you guys who buy them uh, because I know it's a big purchase, but I'm always excited to hear when you're uh, relieved that it exceeded your expectations because it will. I, I, I love it, but uh, don't take my word for it. It was also awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wire Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. So if you go to helixsleep.com slash be there in five, F-I-V-E, not the number, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out 100 nights risk-free. They'll actually pick it up if you don't like it. They mean that. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders. That is, get up to $200 off at helixsleep.com slash be there in five h-e-l-i-x sleep.com slash be there in five f-i-v-e not the number thank you so much to helix now on to the episode okay guys the one thing i will say so she was uh rebecca like so wonderful a listener who's a very successful probate attorney she um truly is so knowledgeable and helpful we zoomed and she called from her desk phone for a better connection but the reality of that with recording audio is desk phones are so much softer and zoom did me dirty and did not usually they extract two auto two files and then i can match voices separately it, it got me one file 
And I, I will be damned if I didn't use this conversation. So I had to do so much engineering to it. And I it's it's not perfect, but bear with me. You'll get used to it. It just might not sound as crisp at first. Um, and yeah, thank you to Rebecca. Hope you guys enjoy. Catch you on the flip side. So I have here Rebecca Grant, who is a probate attorney who's worked for the presiding statutory probate judge in Harris County, Texas. Uh, and she's in private practice litigating on behalf of clients in the areas of mental health commitments and guardianships. She was a social worker before law school and is licensed in Texas, and her firm is one of the premier probate practices in the state. Um, and you clarified to me, too, that you're not personally familiar with Brittany or any details of her case. You and I have only read what's available in the news and what has broadly been spreading online, and that's the only grounds in which we can talk about the case, right? Correct. I I can just talk about generally what conservatorships and, and guardianships look like and, you know, apply that to what is public knowledge. I, I have no familiarity with Brittany personally, and, you know, I haven't had access to any of the sealed court filings. Perfect. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And one question I wanted to ask you to start out, just because in case anyone's curious, do you find there are uh, major differences in probate law, if you will, state to state? Um, there can be major differences um, for this. I've just been looking closely at the California Code um, compared to Texas. So I can't speak specifically on any of the other states, but um, California and Texas are fairly close um, in the general ideas of, of guardianship and also of mental health laws. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, the, the, the million-dollar question here that people are asking is, like, if, if Britney Spears can, you know, have a, have a multi-year Vegas residency, run fragrance and lingerie empires, if she can tour around the world, if she can endure a rigorous dance and rehearsal schedule, then shouldn't she be able to drive, vote, choose her own doctor, procure a lawyer, you know, use her phone, use social media, leave her house without permission, all these alleged things she can't do, which we, we will go through. How can a person that appears to us as fully capable and who's working so hard and whose career has thrived within this conservatorship be deemed incapac incapacitated by a court of law? And beyond that, people wanting to know, is this in her best interest or is there any, what a lot of people think, grounds for her you know, being exploited somehow? And within the umbrella of this million dollar question, uh, we've identified what we think are some of the uh, bigger questions or perhaps misunderstandings as it relates to this case. One of which is what I just said, which is what a can, what a conservator can and can't force her to do. And I want to go through a list with Rebecca. But first, if you don't mind, do you, do you have kind of like a, a way you would high level summarize in like lay, layman's terms the nature of Britney's probate conservatorship? So um, Brittany's is a general conservatorship. There are different forms of this in California. There is a more limited version for somebody with maybe a developmental disability um, who is an adult and still needs some assistance. Um, this is a, a little bit stricter than a limited conservatorship, but it's not as restricted as something like the LPS conservatorships, which are for those are through a different part of the code and they're specifically for mental health. That's for somebody who is found to be gravely ill and needs like inpatient treatment and forced medication. 
Um, and so this conservatorship is just a way to kind of handle somebody's finances and affairs without putting them in a home somewhere, right? And we see them more generally for um, for older people as they start to have cognitive decline or maybe develop dementia, but um, that's not the only way they're used. They're used a lot for somebody who's in a coma, right, who needs uh, medical treatment and somebody to handle all their financial affairs or somebody who's had a stroke or um, somebody who has suffered a severe accident, as well as, you know, um, I, I have a lot of clients who are um, the parents of a Down syndrome child who's turned 18 and needs some assistance in life, um, even though they don't need to be completely taken care of like a child, they aren't able to run their own bank account or, you know, uh, keep their insurance up to date or drive a car. Um, and so mm-hmm. another adult, another person in their life will step in and do that. And they're broken up into two different uh, sections. So you can have a conservatorship or guardianship of the person and a conservatorship or guardianship of an estate, which is all the money. Um, so is that... In this case, they the her conservatorship is both the person and the finances. Correct. So you can have one, the other, or you can have them combined. Um, and with Brittany, it is a conservatorship of her person and of her estate with all the money. Okay. And then, so, yeah, I guess I've seen I've seen some lawyers quoted in articles saying like this is kind of a unicorn case like this is this is not typical but it doesn't mean that it's you know not um legitimate but people aren't wrong in this being unusual for somebody of her age that doesn't have you know uh well i guess we don't know what she is dealing with medically but I think that's the well, issue too, yeah, is it's invisible. That's the problem. Right. Um, we don't have the the medical information and we shouldn't have the medical information, right? The doctor's right. reports are sealed. But before anybody can have a guardianship, a doctor does have to um weigh in and tell the court that this person is incapacitated in some way, shape or form. And so there's obviously medical documentation, otherwise the judge wouldn't have granted any of this, right? And there's continued medical care and follow up. If a doctor at some point were treating, you know, one of my clients under guardianship and um, they started getting better and were ready to be restored to all of their rights, the doctor would need to let the court know that as well, right? Um, and so there's something going on there that we don't know. Um, we don't have a diagnosis. And is it unusual for a young person to have um, a guardianship or a conservatorship? Sure, but it's unusual for a younger person to um, have this condition as well, right? Whatever the condition is, um, it and what the, the guardianship isn't based off of the diagnosis; it's based off of the incapacity. And the the diagnosis informs the incapacity, right? You know, but it, it it's not just the diagnosis of incapacity, but um, you, you know, the the situation as well. So it's uh, it's not just the diagnosis, but it's the situation, right? Um, there can be somebody uh, with, uh, let's say, uh, schizophrenia, um, and their parent or their husband or their wife wants to get a, a conservatorship over them or a guardianship. Um, if they are medicated and the medication 
stabilizes them, they're no longer incapacitated, right? It's, it's an incapacity that's continuing that creates disregardianship and the inability of that, um, of that person to manage their own affairs, to take care of themselves, to enter into contracts, to, um, seek the right medical treatment, right? So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not just a diagnosis. It's, I, I have this thing and it won't let me take care of myself in all these other ways. Right. And I think that's an important distinction because a big question is like, there's so, uh, there's so many people walking the earth who deal with mood disorders, um, and who like with depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, who are not in these circumstances. Mental health A is entirely specific to the individual and operates on a spectrum. And B, what you said, if the person is medicated and therefore no longer incapacitated, they would not qualify for something like this, correct? Necessarily. Right. Well, if it, it, not necessarily. So that's right. If they're medicated and that medication changes their capacity, then there's no need for this, right? Um, and so someone can even have a mental illness and be medicated, but the capacity persists or the capacity issue persists, right? There's still a mm-hmm. problem. They can be medicated and stable, but still um, not able to manage their finances. And well, even mm-hmm. that, that would still have the need. And I think that Brittany is, is probably unique. Brittany is unique. Um, she has so much money, right? I probably couldn't handle that much money on my own. I would have to have a team of people to work on it, right? Um, but where somebody maybe with her condition, um, and again, I don't know what it is, but whatever the diagnosis is, um, if someone in that position could handle, you know, their annual salary of $150,000 a year, that's one thing. But to handle millions a year and to contract with, you know, with major companies and to have a Vegas show, um, that might be unique to the court. And again, I don't know, but the court might look at this and, and say, this needs special attention. Like, Brittany might be a victim of her own success in that regard. Right. And, and my theory kind of is that the the urgency that this, you know, in which this was done in the 72-hour period when she was under a 5150 hold. And um, what I've read of the documents that we do not know are real um, is that there's a key piece that I'm not hearing enough about that I think is very applicable to Brittany's case and explains a lot of the unknowns, which is the concept of her inability to resist undue influence. So if I understand correctly, the doctor, the capacity declaration was reporting on four things her capacity to participate in the conservatorship proceedings, her ability to manage her financial affairs, her ability to retain and direct counsel, and her susceptibility to undue influence. And again, allegedly all just my thought process, I was thinking, well, her being deemed uh, incapacitated so she couldn't be present and retain her own counsel might speak more to the inability to resist undue influence piece because in that 72-hour period, theoretically, if she talked to, for lack of a better word, toxic people that were in her life that had access to her information, if she was informing people that her team thought were, like, you know, poison to her career, to her estate, to her medical well-being, um, 
then they would want to have the ability for her to not be in contact with those people any longer. And I think that this might have a lot to do with the, the mental health piece informs her inability to do that. But I think the conservatorship has a lot to do with the undue influence piece. And that's just a, a, a hypothesis. I can see that for sure. Um, I, you know, because the, the standard is there that, um, you know, they have to, they, they can be placed under conservatorship if there's this threat that they can't, um, they can't handle their own finances or that they're susceptible to undue influence or fraud, right? And so I know that there were allegations around Sam Lucy, is that how you say his name? Um, yeah. At the, at the time she was placed under conservatorship. But I think that, um, you know, there has to, we have to distinguish between that mental, mental health system with the 5150 hold and the conservatorship system because they're, they're different parts of the law and they really are just, they're, they're separate systems. So if somebody is placed on 72 hour hold, they go to the hospital, they're treated by a doctor at the hospital. They're not necessarily their doctor, right? And for, you know, that amount of time, um, while they're being held, involuntarily um it, it would be very hard for um a lawyer to, to argue that they have capacity then right because the doctor is already holding them mm-hmm. they don't have capacity and of course they're gonna they're you know the the court in this instance wouldn't uh wouldn't let um andrew streisand is that his name um the attorney yeah who tried to represent her the court wouldn't let him represent her because they said she didn't have the ability to hire a lawyer at that point, right? Um, and then there's an article later on, I think in 2009, that talks about um, a time where Sam Lucy showed up uh, and at a probate attorney's office with a, a fee agreement signed by Brittany wanting to hire another attorney to get her out of the conservatorship, right? And so, of course, there's, there's a reason to say she can't hire her own lawyer um, because if bad actors are, are around her and putting pressure on her, or if she doesn't understand the legal process um, and she's convinced that the conservatorship is bad, right, and she's going to mm-hmm. be fighting against it. I, the same thing with, you know, people who are saying, well, she's wearing a yellow shirt or she's calling 911 or she's sending emails. Like, um, you know, I have clients all the time who are under a hold or um, who are under a guardianship who are calling 911 and saying, you know, they're holding me against my will, they're putting microchips in my brain, you know, um, that's very common. Um, and just because that's not common for, for us to see from Brittany doesn't mean that it's not a normal part of this process, right? And so the court instead appointed an attorney to represent her interests. Um, and the court, from what I've seen um, from the courts here in Texas, um, there's, you know, a certain number of attorneys to choose from to appoint to these types of matters, um, and there's a, a, an understanding, like the, the judge has seen their work before, they they know that they're uh, good advocates for their clients, um, and they appoint them knowing their skill level for an estate and, and a matter this size, um, and they know that they would, uh, would really fight for the proposed ward in that situation, right? So, yeah. um, Brittany was, was in the hospital, um, and then the temporary conservatorship was granted. I, I'm not sure if these papers are real. I'm I have I'm highly suspicious of anything that shows up on Reddit. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of things, a lot of 
um, the paperwork and the um, just allegations that are being manipulated for sensationalism. That 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 one uh, paper <laughs> has driven a lot of traffic to Reddit in the last couple of months. Um, but I think that her family probably applied for um, a, a general conservatorship, and the judge, uh, not wanting to do anything rash, appointed somebody temporarily to take things over for a few weeks until there could be a more substantial hearing about it. Um, and that's why it was a temporary conservatorship at first, um, and then the full conservatorship was put in place. And, and you can't file for like you can't file for a temporary without simultaneously filing for a general, right? Correct. Um, yeah, so this is why, okay, it's just, it's just so interesting because, so yeah, on Monday I talked to a, a California probate attorney that said what you said about the pool of attorneys to choose from that are, act, that are advocating for Brittany um, and that a, lot, a big part of this like conspiracy is how much her lawyer, Sam Ingham, is making off of this from the conservatorship the other lawyer said, actually, he's being paid a county rate. It's it's the the way in which he was chosen or I guess whatever he's a part of, I don't really understand. But like he's actually not making anything like unusual. And that has to um, be approved. And the accounting of both her uh, conservatorship and trust are turned in every year. So theoretically, somebody is monitoring this. Um, and I think the other issue with Sam Ingham is his tie to Casey Kasem. Right. I know that there's a lot of controversy around that, but I mean, anytime you're an attorney who represents high profile clients, um, there's going to be somebody who is not going to like what you're doing, especially when it comes to fandoms, right? Um, and so I don't know anything about Mr. Ingham, um, or, or his representation of her. Um, don't know if he's getting specifically a county rate. I had seen something where, um, I know that Andrew Wallet had applied for a waiver from the, it, from the restricted rate um, because it's mm -hmm. so substantial. Um, so I don't know if this hearing him has done that as well, but it's, it's typical for the attorneys to be paid from the estate and um, and to be compensated for their work, right? Um, yeah. Would be paying me to represent her. Uh, that is this standard practice within the courts that um, that the estate of the ward um, is, is paying for the legal affairs. Yeah. So there, yeah, and that document we cannot verify um, is real. There is a part that says, based no. upon Brittany's observation of Brittany's emotional and psychological condition and her dealings with Mr. Lufty, I believe that Brittany is incapable of keeping information from Mr. Lutfi. In particular, I believe that if she knew I was planning to seek a conservatorship for her, she would tell Mr. Lutfi about the planned conservatorship. And that's a lead, this is just in one of the pieces of paper, like on floating around Reddit. And that's kind of an interesting piece too, seemingly thinking that her being in contact with him is, would somehow compromise this situation. Therefore, she couldn't be uh, told about it. So I don't know. And again, you know, I, all of those documents on Reddit seem to be unverified. Um, I haven't found a source for them anywhere except for Reddit. Um, and so I, um, the case is sealed for a reason, <laughs> and I, mm -hmm. I can see that uh, I could see um, a reason to argue for her susceptibility to undue influence, right? Um, and it, she still currently has a restraining order against him, I believe. Those were news. Um, yes. And 
um, but but I'm not sure what went to the court, and I don't know what the, on what the judge based her decision to face Brittany Anderson. Right, right, of course. The uh, judge gets, gets the application um, and takes testimony, hears from the doctor, hears from the people around her, um, and then comes up with an order. And we haven't seen that order either um, that says, you know, what Brittany's specific rights are. Um, and uh, and what the conservator can and can't control. So all right. I can do is, is make assumptions based on the statute and what general conservatorships look like. Of course. And, and a big part, too, of what made this, what put the Free Britney movement in the stratosphere that I'd say is more mainstream. Her big fans have been skeptical forever, but last April, there's a podcast called Britney's Gram that had somebody call in and leave a voicemail that allegedly was a paralegal that worked on this case for a short time that essentially said she's being held against her will in a mental institution and that her uh allegedly drop uh dropping out of the domination tour she said it was because of her father's health but it actually wasn't and she you know decided she was no longer going to take medication and they said okay so no residency all these things allegedly i have no idea how valid that was it's like so sick to me to think somebody would damage somebody you know especially in a mental health capacity like they would say damaging things that weren't true um but yeah we can't know but i bring that up because my understanding of the difference between a probate conservatorship and an lps is that she actually cannot be held against her will at a mental institution Right. And that's true. Um, her guardian does not have the power to place her in a treatment facility or to uh, force her to take medication that she doesn't want to take. Um, they're, you know, they could petition the court potentially to require those things, but there's been no allegation that that happened. Um, and that, man, that voicemail uh, was hard for me because I listened to the episode and um, to me, Brittany just has this massive fandom um, that are so aware of her life, right? They know so many details um, that I feel like that could have easily been fabricated by somebody who just really wanted to insert themselves. Um, if it weren't fabricated, if that really is what happened, that her dad said you can't have a residency if you don't take your medication, that makes sense, right? He can't force her to take the medication, but he would also be liable if he sent her on stage every night when when she was not in the condition to be performing. Does that make sense? And to, like if, it, it does. And to be fair, that is around the time when her her Instagram persona changed and pe that people started noticing. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, her her dad has the conservator. It, it has to be responsible. Like people are, are talking about both sides of their mouth with the criticism of this, right? Because they're saying, he wouldn't let her do the domination show and he's forcing her to take these medicines. And then they're saying, you know, she's being forced to perform like a trained monkey. Well, which one is it? Does she want to perform? Does she want to be there? Is this good for her? Is this something that she's enjoying? Um, and it, is it safe for her to do? Right? Do you want her to be performing or, um, or is it something she doesn't want to do? And so she didn't take the medication to get out of it. Right? Like, um, right. It, it would just be really irresponsible of somebody in charge of her health and well-being to um, put her on stage um, in front of thousands of people um, or to put her through rigorous rehearsals um, if she if she weren't fully healthy, right? 
mm-hmm. it you didn't know how she was going to respond or how that audience um, you know might react to the strange behaviors like it just um I feel like there would be a huge backlash if she were yeah. performing unmedicated right right um yeah and I think it that's important to point out and like I mean here's the thing there's there's a flip side argument for everything because there is what they're you know legally allowed to do and then there's the enforcing of it and theoretically like could like something be hung over her head like her children or whatever if she doesn't take her medicine could she be coerced to do something behind the scenes like yeah i'm sure that happens but we can't we can't speak to that so legally unless they petition specifically to be allowed to uh hold her against her will and or give her psychotropic medications which we don't have proof of they uh, under this type of conservatorship technically can't right that is not a power that a general conservator is given in in california law okay so let's go through the powers uh just to like kind of one by one um i'm I'm specifically going to use these incredibly viral posts that had so much misinformation in it um that was shared by Barstool, by Diet Prada. I mean, I was, I was like sh- actually quite shocked how many people shared this, but I'll read what they said. Uh, Britney Spears is now a 38-year-old woman who is not allowed to do the following without her father's permission, or he can legally lock her up in a mental health facility, drive a car, vote, get married, have children, spend her own money, see how her money's being spent, see how see her children, um, hire her, leave her home, hire her own lawyer, have any control over her career, Speak about the conservatorship publicly, do interviews that aren't scripted and all final cuts be approved by her father, use a cell phone without being monitored, use social media unmonitored, contact anyone without being modern monitored or having them extremely vetted. The Iggy Azalea did go on the record saying she had her house searched for drugs top to bottom when they collaborated on a song. Um, go shopping, go for a walk. And they, they say get Starbucks, which LOL, um, as if that would be an illegal document. But Anyway, I thought maybe we go through some of these key ones and you tell me the reality of this with being something that would be specifically spelled out in a legal document that they would, you know, petition for these powers and what I what seem like on paper needless constraints. But who's, you know, again, we don't know the truth. This just sounds terrifyingly restrictive and does make me feel sad because if it's necessary, it's one thing. If it's not, it would be awful but we can't know that um this might be the safest thing for i just don't know but this this particular post i just was like i feel like this is a lot of editorializing what do you think it's a it's a lot of editorializing um the the california conservator laws allow a conservative to keep their right to vote um their right to marry their their um, right to ask the judge to, in their conservatorship, you know, um, right to control some amount of money, um, those sort of things, and to keep they keep their ability to make medical decisions unless the judge very specifically restricts it. It has to be laid out in an order um, that says you no longer have this right right here, like you no longer have the right to vote, or you cannot choose who to marry, that sort of thing. And we don't have that order. So that is all editorialized, um, and um, I I don't know how much freedom she has, right? And I don't know 
how much is restricted because of the conservatorship and how much is restricted because of how famous she is um, and how uh, she has to have security with her all the time because it would be dangerous for her not to. Like, there are so many crazy people in the world around her, right? Um, and, and crazy fans and, and people who know where she lives and, and paparazzi around her. Um, there are, there's just no way to know specifically which of those things she's been restricted from doing. You know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of things. Well, she's, she's only allowed to have $1,500 a week or something, even though she has all of these millions. And, you know, if that's true, that's very typical of a conservatorship to, um, lay out a certain amount of spending money that's just like, like cash that you can have in hand, right? And that's to stop somebody from, like if I, if one of my um, clients has a certain amount of money in their hand, they might walk up and, and give that to someone they see on the street. Or if their friend said, you know, I really need $1,000 to fix this, they might hand over all their money. And so it's, it's kind of just a way to make sure um, that she has as much cash as she needs. But anything that she wants to buy as far as like clothes or furniture or a trip here or there, like she can still pay for that. She's not cut off from her money. And if, if, she has a, a budget, a weekly budget. That's that's literally just cash in hand, um, and and she still has access to the rest of her money to meet any need or want that she has. It just has to be approved. Um, not if it's like a meaningful amount that would affect the estate. Uh, so and and again, I'm not sure exactly what happens in her estate. Um, I know when I work with estates, if it's something large, if it's if we want to make a change in, you know, um, real estate holdings, or if we're going to make a big change in an investment account, you know, that sort of thing needs to be improved. Incidentals for daily living um, are usually pre-approved up to a certain amount. Like, okay, well, we're going to spend, you know, ten thousand dollars a month on cost of living for this person, right? And so, um, if it goes above and beyond that, you can get it approved for. Um, it, but the big thing that happens every year is there's an accounting, right? So that every cent that has been spent from her money is is accounted for um, and reviewed, and um, and her conservators are are bonded on the entire amount of her estate, or at least her liquid estate, um, so that you know if any money did disappear. The, the bond would replace that money and she would be made whole and then the bonding company would do whoever stole the money. Okay. Well, okay, here's my question because this is a big um, knowledge gap. A lot of people are like, where's the money? Because when you do the math, even Forbes did the math and kind of speculated about this. Theoretically, I mean, she's brought in like, what, over $700 million and obviously revenue is not the same as, you know, to what you take home. Um, but her net worth being most recently filed, it was like close to it was maybe 56 million. And people are kind of like, where's the money? This is clearly a financial scam. But isn't the, isn't the conservatorship, the money in the conservatorship separate from money she would have in a trust that we wouldn't have visibility into? Um, it's possible. Um, and this is, this is speculation and this isn't um, something I'm familiar with. Um, if she did have a trust somewhere where she had put assets completely, you know, if she had set those assets aside, like for tax reasons, like, okay, I'm giving this money here to this trust for charity or for my children or for, you know, family use, 
there, there are tax planning methods where you can separate yourself from money. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, so that it's not in your name anymore, right? Um, even if it could still benefit you in some ways. So there might have been money she moved to a trust, um, that it is not in the estate. That's, that's a very good possibility. The estate is what is currently like in her name and that, that she has title or right to. Got it. Um, um I think a lot yeah. of, I, I don't know, I didn't see the board calculations, but I mean, there's a lot of money that moves around, right? I mean, the I think the accountings were were saying what like 12 million a year was going out, right? Um, and you know the the numbers for all of her deals seem to be like a gross contract number, right? Like we'll pay you this much, but then how much gets cut to everybody else involved before it's actually her net earnings, right? Um. Uh, what do you think about the guy, Andrew Gallery, that she allegedly worked with, who allegedly wrote him a letter to, in the third person, and his claim is that he recently was released from an NDA, and he read this letter out loud, and it's basically like, I'm trapped, this is a setup, blah, blah, blah. Did you happen to read that? Um, I did, and I, I watched some of his, uh, did he put it on TikTok? I watched it on a video somewhere. Yeah, um, and it's kind of like, why Why would somebody who's still a professional in that field who has to work with, like, Britney's peers, why would they do do that if it was completely made up? Like, I get, like, clout, followers, whatever, but it, that, to me, just does not seem worth it. I, I don't know. It's so and that that's not provable and that's not like logically sound. It's just this is where I struggle with like why on earth would you fake a woman's handwriting? You know what I mean? Like and m- make all of right. this up so specifically. It's kind of hard to believe it wouldn't have some legitimacy. Right. And here's here's what I think about a lot of these things um, that that people have said. Well, you know, I I go to her meet and greets and she looks terrified and she doesn't want to be there. I believe that. Right. Or or, um, you know, comments that she's made in interviews about feeling trapped. Does she feel trapped in this conservatorship? There is a very good possibility that she does. Right. Um, I don't know. But that doesn't yeah. mean that it's unnecessary. Right. It's um, such a good point. Yeah. Anything would anything would feel restrictive. I would hate for my dad to be in control of my life <laughs> um, as an adult, as a mother myself. Right. Like. Nobody, nobody wants to be controlled. Um, but you know, as a lot of people start to talk about, well, this should be dissolved. She should ask the judge to terminate this. Um, it seems like in the years where everything has been stable, he's been completely on board with the conservatorship, right? Because there are hearings. This is, this is checked up on annually. There are accountings. There, you know, her attorney is there, uh, representing her and, um, you know, communicating with her we would hope um yeah that would be his job um and so she hasn't bristled against the conservatorship how many years you know where everything's going really smoothly and you know where everything seems to be okay with her instagram right so is there just the possibility that when she is um in a different state of mind and again, I don't know her diagnosis, but if, if she's having an episode of something or, um, you know, if, if 
something is flaring up, um, is that when she's pushing back against this? Like I said, I've seen a lot of patients um, on a mental health hold. They're, you know, calling the police and saying, come get me out. You know, I'm, I'm being trapped. The CIA has me. Um, or they're very angry with their family members who are in court trying to um, trying to handle these sort of matters, right? Like, how dare you? And you're just, you're trying to ruin my life and you're putting a microchip in my brain, right? Um, and right. some of it sounds rational and some of it doesn't. Um, and so, you know, we just don't know. She could feel trapped and she could not like this, but that doesn't mean that it's the wrong move. Right. And there is the documentary on MTV that aired in, was it 2009? I mean, to be fair, she does say she can't drive her car that comes from her mouth. So we know like certain things. And I do think some of the restrictions are pretty clear in terms of her being allowed to leave her house or her father, she wanted to go on a vacation to Hawaii. He had to petition for the conservatorship to extend to Hawaii. It's like, why do that? And those are the things that make people be like, geez. But again, we don't know what's going on. So I think it's like one of those things where I understand how it looks, but we just can't know how it is. Right, right. And I understand how it looks as well. Um, you know, and goodness, I, I love a good conspiracy. <laughs> I, you know, I'm all about John Benet Ramsey and, and digging into to everything that the internet has to say and looking at it. But just, just being on this side of it, um, to me, all of this is very um, standard. Like, her dad is following all the protocols um, and meeting all the benchmarks that the courts have set in place over decades of conservatorship law to make sure that there are, are safeguards for somebody who is under guardianship or under, mm-hmm. right? To make sure that they have a lawyer to represent them, to make sure that they're being kept up, kept up on, to make sure, you know, there's a court investigator who has to, um, to evaluate this and the claims made by someone with a petition and, you know, check up on Brittany. Um, there's, um, it, it, like the accounting process and like the fact that she can come in and talk to the judge and ask for the conservatorship to be dissolved, right? There are, um, checks in place. You can have another mental examination and present that to the judge. And if, you know, if the doctors say that she's not incapacitated anymore, go from there. Um, you know, she's allowed to contest the conservatorship at any time, right? Yes. So when people are calling the police and it's because they're having an episode and they're disregarded, how, where's the delineation there from a legitimate contesting versus being told you're not well? I mean, a, le- a legitimate contesting is, is um, either speaking with the judge and... But how do you get to the judge? The judge has to dissolve it, right? Um, I mean, she has her attorney um, and she lets him know, I want a hearing or her attorney requests a hearing. Um, or she comes to a scheduled hearing and tells the judge, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in the conservatorship anymore. And that doesn't mean the judge has to dissolve it. It just means that uh, that would, uh, that would put the judge on notice um, to either look at reevaluating it um, or to uh, make a ruling on any motion mm-hmm. to dissolve. I think what concerns people is. The paperwork that we don't know if it's valid, it contains a part where allegedly where James Jamie Spears requested for 
24-7 security, and that she can't meet with an outside attorney without the conservator present and Sam Ingham present. And it's like, well, if she's never alone and always has to be in the presence of a person that's already within, um, you know, this conservatorship, I think people are kind of like, even if she wanted to contest it, could she reach the court? Could she reach the judge? Like, if this were a conspiracy, I think people are like, the people that are in on it, since they have to stand in, in any meeting she would have with a third party, would probably squash it. But the assumption is that Brittany's attorney is an advocate for her and legally would have to tell the court, right? Right. And I think that last year she did appear at a hearing. Or was it earlier this year? And and yes. the request there was there was a news report that said he allegedly um, made a verbal request to the judge. Um, for yeah, I can't find proof of that, but that's what people think. Um, and so um, you know, that's one option is this is just being in court, right? Um, and that again, that um, the paperwork that we can't verify um, was from 2008, right? And and it was. A request that doesn't mean that's what the judge ordered. So we don't okay. know that she can only be in a room with her guardian and her attorney and you know and security. Um, do I believe that she really has a security detail 24/7? Yes. Again, that's because of her fame and and the threat level to her, right? But I don't think that means somebody is you know literally in the room with her, holding her captive all the time. Okay. So, and what are your thoughts on that mysterious uh, dementia checkmark other than the, you know, possibility of it being Photoshop? But let's say, hypothetically, allegedly, there was, uh, they were to mark that she was dealing with dementia. A, what would be, like, is that a possibility for somebody of her age? You know, that's like, not to oversimplify the disorder, but that is like memorizing songs and choreography. And B, is there a reason that they could kind of do that in an effort that would somehow allow them to either expedite or further constrain the conservatorship? Like, would there be an incentive to mark that, even if it wasn't necessarily true? Because the other attorney I spoke to said she either felt like it was a mistake or since I forget what the term she used, that that form isn't used in like the formal proceeding, that that's a thing that could be checked that they could later explain uh, in another way. So she didn't think it was that weird that they checked that, but everybody seems to think the dementia thing is like a smoking gun of this being, uh, you know, a, a, a nefarious effort. What are your thoughts on the dementia box? Right. So on the dementia box, um, aside from the idea that it might just be uh, planted on the internet for publicity, um, if, if it were a real document, I think when we um, think of dementia, we think of Alzheimer's disease, right? Um, which is only one kind of dementia. Um, and um, I'm I'm not a physician. I've just been in a lot of these hearings and, <laughs> and listened to physicians talk, and, I, and I've had to use, um, you know, the DSM. Um, for, for diagnoses uh, in my in my pleadings, um, but there are multiple types of dementia, um, and so uh, you know, I, do I think she has Alzheimer's disease? No. Do I think that um, uh, that she's got Parkinson's? No. Um, there's, uh, but there are there are other dementia forms, and you can have substance induced dementia. Um, you can have 
head trauma that causes symptoms of dementia, and it's, it's not necessarily like a deteriorating condition. Um, the DSM has changed it. Um, it it's not called dementia anymore. Um, it's called major neurocognitive disorder, mm-hmm. um, and it is it's clearer about all of the different categories. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know, uh, but they did check a box there saying that um, that further documentation would be provided. And so it's not just something that her dad could say and trick the court into it. It, it would be her dad um, filing a petition with a bunch of lawyers who are all okay with this and a doctor attaching documentation to prove whatever that claim is. Um, okay. And I think part of, um, you know, my skepticism about the conspiracy, like, I, I think there's a, a lot to be talked about in a nuanced way about, you know, does she need this level of control? And, um, you know, is, is this for the profit of, of everyone around her? Is it, you know, a, a mutually beneficial relationship? But um, I, I, I think the, the part of the conspiracy that really rubs me wrong is the fact that it would have to be, like 30 different people in on this like cabal together, right? We're going to get doctors to lie about it. We're going to, we're going to get the judge to authorize this. I mean, the judge has no benefit, right? Short of somebody bribing her, which is right. a very serious and wild allegation. Um, it's, it's the court investigator. It's his attorney. It's, um, you know, her security detail around her. It's, you know, everybody would have to be in on this um, and be okay with it, be be okay with lying about it and losing their licenses over it. Um, if they were caught, right? Like, and and especially the medical element to me, like um, it, those those documents that you have to do prepare um, for a conservatorship hearing. Um, the doctors that I work with, they take those very very seriously. Um, this is this is taking away somebody's constitutional rights, mm-hmm. and to to find that paper, you know, you have to be willing to stand behind your diagnosis that they that they need this, um, and that this is their level of incapacity. And with that, um, I think something people find suspicious is that her doctor up until that point would not fill out the capacity declaration, which would appear like he didn't consent to what they wanted or something. The other lawyer I spoke to said doctors really don't like doing them. And a lot of them say no. And that's incredibly common, but then it looks sketchy Mm -hmm. that like a doctor who's known her a week filled out a form that deemed her incapacitated for 12 years. Right. Well, and so you have to understand they're not just going on that one form, right? I mean, it's not, it's not a one and done thing. Again, she can, she can be reevaluated anytime that she requests. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the court had done that, if there had been check-ins, um, you know, if she had a stay, um, like they announced at, at a treatment facility, um, earlier in 2019, right? Um, yeah. My guess is that, that the court would want medical records and, and an update on that, right? Um, but it's very common for doctors not to want to fill these out, um, especially a treating physician and especially somebody in psychiatry, right? Because if I have a doctor-patient relationship with you, 
Um, and we have worked really hard on that and it, things are going well and you trust me. And then I sign a document that says your dad gets control of your life. You're not talking to me ever again, right? Or you're not being honest with me ever again. Um, so treating physicians who see their patients a lot do not like to fill these out. Um, they, they don't want to be involved on that level. They want to keep treating their patients. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't, I don't find that odd at all. That, that's pretty okay. Um, do you find it odd at all that like Lynn Spears in her book, like, I think it just, uh, here's a lack of understanding I have how, how it's not a, how, like, it looks so sketchy to be planning something for weeks. She gets in a second 5150 hold. And during that, they process this whole thing without her presence obviously that's oversimplified and we went through a lot of the nuance of why that happened but is it like is it normal that somebody would plan to do this while a person was being held against their will so i think um from what i've read they had been talking to lawyers about it the parents right um allegedly they had been talking to lawyers and the lawyers were frustrated that the dad wouldn't file um and then she had that second 5150 hold, and then he was like, okay, fine. And, again, allegedly that's the conversation around it. But, again, that, to me, that's typical, right? Families do not like doing this. Guardianships, conservatorships, they are cumbersome. They are exhausting for whoever the conservator is, right? Like, I I would hate this job um, if, if I had to be conservator over one of my adult children or over my mm-hmm. parents. Like, it is so much work and all you get is black right like, you're the enemy with what you do you're, you're the enemy to everyone right um and especially in this case with Brittany's um you know fandom that's just uh extreme i i would not want to be in that spotlight um well but, we also uh, know he like he, he, like even i think that problem is it's clear that jamie spears isn't like an upstanding dude i mean there is a restraining order against him because for you know an altercation with one of britney's kids which then impacted her custody so i think like some of that is tough too that he hasn't done himself any favors public character wise but yeah you're right it's it's kind of lose-lose i cannot imagine essentially yeah how difficult this would be for somebody you love to not be able to allow them free will um and Uh, per the oh sorry go ahead i I was just gonna say you know the planning ahead that's really common like i i meet with families that that say you know there's this and we just want to know what to do and you start talking about guardianship or conservatorship and they start shaking their head like no 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 that's too that's too much that's not what i want to do i just you know I just want help this way. And then you think about it for a few weeks and you talk about it some more and something gets worse and then, okay, we'll file, right? So to me, this is just completely normal for any family who's going through this, especially when it's not, um, when it is mental health instead of something like a, a coma or um, dementia. You know, if you have an, mm-hmm. or like, like Alzheimer's, I mean, you know, if you have an elderly parent who clearly needs to be in a nursing home, and you don't have a power of attorney for them, like this is your option, right? And so people aren't going to be as resistant to that, even though, you know, it's so hard and, and they still resist sometimes. But to do this to uh, a young, famous, uh, 
child of yours in the public eye would just be a nightmare. Like, of course, there would be hesitancy about it. And of course, there would be planning involved, right? Yeah. Um, and and that 72 hour hold, because it is a different system, right? Once the 72 hour hold is done, or if they keep her, you know, they can keep her for up to like two weeks. Um, and I mean, there's a lot more law and nuance around that, but you know, once she's released, she's released. Um, when I, uh, would do, uh, mental health court hearings, uh, with the judge that I worked for before, like the vast majority of people come in on a 72 hour hold and, uh, then they're medicated and released within, you know, that 72 hours or up to two weeks, right? And then they they just leave. There's no guardianship. There's no no follow up after that, right? The case mm-hmm. um, then is dismissed once they are stabilized with their medication, right? But they can take a week to be in the hospital and get stabilized, walk out the door and quit their medications immediately, right? Or maybe they're given a long acting dose while they're in the hospital and a month later they're back, you know? Um so there's no control once you leave a 72-hour hold. Um, if it's an ongoing problem, that's where this other conservatorship comes in. Right. And the I, I was I found the just to be clear what I was referencing with the excerpt from Lynn Spears' book. She says it was a life or death situation, and I prayed without stopping for another opening. Quiet plans have been underway for six weeks. For Jamie to petition the court for temporary conservatorship of Brittany, but it seemed like an impossible dream at that point. She used the word dream. With Sam still so entrenched in her life. Fluffy. In fact, Jamie was going to file for the conservatorship January 22nd, eight days beforehand, but he and his business manager, Lou, felt, this is where I felt God leading them to wait fast and pray despite the frustration of lawyers. Um, I mean, yeah, anytime people involve prayer in something that's like operational or clinical, I'm like, okay, it it doesn't, it's not like the the best argument, but um, yeah, I just, I was trying to make sure I didn't mince words there because her mom saying that I think is different from somebody on Twitter saying that. Um, And to me, that sounded sketchy, but to your point, I never really noticed the words impossible dream um, that her mother said in terms of it being so dire uh that this was their best case scenario right and and i mean you know it's it's hard to um to execute something like this right especially if if Brittany um is away in her mansion and and uh is being isolated from you um by by sam lucy or you know i don't know everything that was going on um but but to uh to execute this plan and make sure that she's safe or doesn't do anything drastic when she gets notice of the fact that she's now under conservatorship, right? Like they might have just been waiting for an opening for, well, look, she's, she's, there's doctors all around her. She's on hold right now. Let's just go ahead and get this started. So I, I don't know um, exactly what happened, but it just, it does not strike me as unusual at all. Okay. I just wanted to get your input because I think this is an important piece. Uh, that you had mentioned too, like the the kind of the argument that like, well, other other people with mental disorders aren't as you know distressed as Brittany, and they, they're you know they have free will, or um, you know the lack of knowledge of what mental illness can look like. Uh, not the Hollywood version, not the movie version, the extreme version, or the most mild version. But there's a lot of different versions of what this can look like, and 
a lot of people may not understand the realities of how it can implicate the safety of both the person and their family and their estate or whatever. Um, and beyond that, should there you know, be a true problem here, if she didn't have the conservatorship, as we talked about earlier, um, that could be, you know, even more, that could be incredibly dangerous. Like, we just don't know. So uh, do you have any thoughts on, like, kind of how people might be misinterpreting what mental illness looks like because she can sing and dance? Right. Well, I mean, I think mental illness is so much more normal than most of us know, right? Right. Um, and it's, it's internal. Um, and so the symptoms people exhibit, uh, unless you're trained to recognize them, like sometimes uh, in the movies, they're very clear, right? Oh, well, this, this person has a twist and they're, um, you know, they're hallucinating. And, but when they're next to you, um, they can, they can be talking about something totally normal, but it just sounds like a tiny bit off or, you know, they're, there are little hints of it that, that look way more normal than we would typically expect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think when we're all watching um, Brittany's Instagram and trying to guess what her diagnosis is or clearly need help, like um, part of the unnerving um, aspect of it is just that she looks like all of us, right? Like, like she's making silly Instagram videos that, that somebody might do if they were goofing around with their girlfriends, you know, but just mm. a little bit off, right? Like it's off. No, I actually well, think that's a big getting, part of, yeah, the suspicion. Well, but, but I mean, it's, it's been getting worse, right? And yeah, but they look, they look mostly normal with like a really odd element to them. Right. And so it's like, it's not like the language being juvenile. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, just, you know, the, uh, I don't know, there, there are a lot of things in the videos that, that I uh, won't speculate on, but they're, they're just, they're odd. Um, and so, but they're not what you would picture in a movie, mental illness, right? Um, right. It's just, you know, a lot of repetition or, or not what you expect of Brittany, who has been, you know, when we see her on TV, um, or when we remember her from the MTV Music Awards, right? And, and all of her famous shows and music videos, like, that's not what her eyes look like. And this isn't, um, that's not her normal smile. And she looks, um, a little bit more vacant or, um, and, and so I, I think it's just hard to, to understand, um, that this is what mental illness can look like. And just being a little bit odd can be unsafe for her, right? Like if it, if you look at the laws and they're there to, um, protect the conservatee, um, appropriate to the needs of that conservative, right? And so in this case, like, again, is Brittany a victim of her own success? Would somebody, um, you know, just one of our average relatives be in the same sort of cumbersome uh, conservatorship if they didn't have millions of dollars and should run and teams of people to hire, right? I, I think, um, you know, her lawyer has been on record saying that the conservatorship is almost like a, a pseudo business agreement. Um, and I, I understand that. Like, is somebody going to contract, um, for millions of dollars with a person who they don't know if they can follow through with the contract, right? Are they going to contract with somebody for a big show if they don't know that they're going to show up for that show? Um, are they going to mm-hmm. contract with someone? If, if they don't know whether or not they'll be taking their medication, but if they have a conservator and, you know, somebody's speaking to them to their appointments regularly, 
then they're more likely to take their medication, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Not necessarily this medication is forced, but just like is somebody there guiding this all along? Okay, well, I'll I'll give you millions of dollars for that, right? If I if I have kind of a guarantee that this is going to happen. Um. So you know maybe it's different because it is Brittany and because this is the situation. And you look at other other famous people who've been you know on these fifty one fifty holes, and I know that. Um, you know, like Kanye is in the news right now. Um, and it all really depends on, on the people around you. Um, the, the mental health holes and the 5150, uh, and, and the LPS conservatorship, like a court or a doctor has to request those things. Um, but the, uh, but the general conservatorship, somebody around you is going to need to petition for that. Um, and so if, if there's somebody who wants to protect Brittany, um, and protect her estate, right? Like, are they worried that she's going to um, hand it all over to somebody who's a bad actor? Are they worried, you know, that then she wouldn't be able to provide health support for her kids or she wouldn't be able to, you know, like, could she be influenced to the point where she signs over all of her real estate? <laughs> um, and and there's a big mess with that. Um, it, because she has access to so much and the damage would be so much if something did go wrong, um, you know, is that why she has to have this restrictive conservatorship? Is that... yeah. Is that why her family is reaching out and establishing all these boundaries? Whereas somebody else, maybe there's something else in place. Maybe another celebrity, their money has already been, you know, put into a trust or, or there's a power of attorney or they're, um, you know, they're not trying to have that celebrity keep working um, on a regular basis. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I'm sure that, you know, Kim and Kanye probably have all of their assets separated and, and Kim's pretty protected on her side and, you know, I don't know what they've put in place to make sure that um, that Kanye is protected, um, but they have not sought a conservatorship. You know, there are no court records indicating that. That's just that's the choice of the people around you and how they choose to keep you safe and how they think they can keep you safe, right? I know, and but like we do know, there are bad showbiz parents that do rob their own children. And that's like hard. How do you just it's probably hard to discern between the two. Right. Well, I mean, but here again, you have the um, her dad is bonded. So if he does, if he does steal anything from her, she gets the money back from the bond. Um, And uh, and um, that's why the co-conservator was appointed. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know who dropped out. He's not there right now. Yeah, he did drop out recently, um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they put in another co-conservator. Her, da- her dad wanted to step down, too, um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they get, you know, a, a private professional or make another arrangement soon. Um, yeah. The, the guardianship can be adjusted and changed, but but he is being held accountable, you know, for, for all of the things, all of the decisions that he made. Okay. Well, yeah, no, that's super helpful. And the, the, I had no idea. Him being bonded is a very interesting point that I had not thought of. Um, the, my concern, honestly, is that, so if there's, um, you know, so, something's happening with the 730 expert, if this is being re-reviewed, and let's say that voicemail was real and she did go off her medication, for her to try to get out of it, there there's been indication that there's a change in circumstances. What if, in the event the change of circumstances is her not wanting to take her medication anymore, for all people know, this could be more restrictive under review. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think people think she's, like, going to get out of it, but, like, I think there's an equal chance that she, you know, it, 
she couldn't or she i don't know something there's some issue with her not wanting to take her medication like i don't know this is all speculation like but i think it could the reality is we just yeah we know very little and i think too with the conservatorship i mean yeah the dropping out of andrew wallet was interesting because he asked for a raise then quit a few months later citing that there would be irreparable damages if his request was not granted like immediately to withdraw himself and like i don't understand i don't understand that at all why that would be so that honestly because he did he did it ex parte like he he wanted to be um released um you know without calling like a, a full uh hearing and and having everybody appear um that's that's me that's legally for um it needs to happen right now um, and it just came out sounding way more extreme than that. Again, he he was bonded on the estate too, I believe, or, or he should have been bonded on the estate. So, you know, any money missing um, would be accounted for, um, and and he would help be held responsible for. Um, I I have no idea why he dropped out, um, but there is the possibility. I you know I think that he negotiated for the raise. Um, in one article, I read something like it was based on the on the domination tour that was coming um, mm -hmm. so i don't know if his increased pay was um was was determined by whether or not that tour happened or or you know if that money wasn't going to be coming in from the tour if it's being right i don't know um you know but i it all sounds so alarming it's like this perfect storm of just right <laughs> that has happened right um, that, uh, that if you're not used to the language and, uh, and this whole world, it just looks so much more suspicious than it really is. Um, but like, he's, he's not going anywhere. Everyone knows where he is, right? If there's, if there's something that went wrong, um, it, you know, he, he would be responsible to let the court know that, um, and it, it, he can be held financially accountable. The last thing I'll ask you, uh, also, just in terms of realistically, this, 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 you know, what I said at the beginning of this podcast was like, the concern for me has always been the battle cry of the Free Britney movement is she needs to be heard, give her a voice. But then she says everything's fine. Don't believe the rumors. I'm stronger than you think I am. Please stop. Jamie Lynn says, please stop. Everybody says, please, please stop. And the people that want to give her the voice the most are the ones not listening and doubling down on this theory. And I think it's important to genuinely consider what can you, what can the public realistically do in this scenario that warrants this sort of campaign, you know, beyond just raising a general awareness for it? Like, is there any, any way the public could legitimately be involved in this? No, no. Um, and, and I mean, I just, honestly, I, I'm a little bit frustrated with the public about this. I think it's, I think it's one thing to have the ongoing conversation about, you know, the extent of a guardianship and how restrictive does it need to be and, um, something with, with nuance to it. And, you know, this is a long time and look how productive she's been and is this helpful? But with considering, you know, both sides, is it helpful? You know, what could be good about it? What could be hard about it? Um, but this new surge of, uh, of Free Britney has been so conspiratorial, um, with, 
you know, messages, messages in her eyelashes and, you know, the color of shirts that she's wearing. But I think it's really doing damage um, and, and just causing unnecessary pain, right? Like it's uh, bringing in a whole group of people who have never been involved or aware of it before, who are suddenly angry and, you know, ready to show up at court hearings with signs. Um, that there are already all the checks in place. Um, to make sure that these people aren't hurting her, right? And they're not causing damage to her state and that, um, that her interests are being represented to the court. Um, the public can't intervene in, in a meaningful way. And, and I don't understand exactly what they want. Like if she's released from a conservatorship prematurely, right? And um, if there's so much public mm-hmm. pressure and, you know, then, then what happens, right? Like what if, what if something happens to her? Um, mm-hmm. you know, then we'll, who will be blamed, right? Right. And the problem inherently, too, is that with the missing piece of the capacity declaration or any mental health context that we do not deserve, um, it almost becomes self-fulfilling because conspiracies almost thrive in an endless search for answers, and we're just not going to ever have the full picture and even if we did, the pillars upon which this stands is a distrust for everyone around her. So anything anyone says, right. is it going to be trusted? So it's 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 kind of a, a thing where I think an acknowledgement of like, this could go really far if people wanted it to. But at the end of the day, we're just not going to get the, you know, the answers you want or you won't perceive them to be what is true. Uh, so, yeah, I just can kind of it's like such an interesting campaign to me because I'm like, beyond standing outside the courthouse, like people, you know, she got 100,000 signatures on a whitehouse.gov petition. I'm like, I just don't really understand what that, what that could even do. Yeah, this, this, you know, lack of information, vacuum of, of, we don't know what's going on, so it must be something nefarious. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always frustrating. And I don't, I think that you and I are probably similar in, in that the more information we have, the better, right? Like, Yes. I want to know what's real and, and I want to be able to prove it and I want everything that I, that I think backed up. Um, but there's the fun in not knowing anything that, that the people of the internet have taken to quite an extreme. Um, and I just, I, again, I don't know what they want. Like even if they could intervene, um, even if they could get her released from this guardianship, what, or the conservatorship, what would that mean? What would it look like? And when would they be happy, right? I think I think what people want is they want Brittany in front of a microphone saying, you're right, I've been held captive my whole life. And, you know, thanks to everybody advocating for me, I've been taken off of the medication that was keeping me sedated. And now I'm free and I'm going to put out, you know, a new killer album. <laughs> like, right. And that's, it's just, it's such an unfair expectation and fantasy. Like, just, just let Brittany get healthy. Um, let her family and the people around her and her doctors, and I mean, all these people, um, the people who do know, the people who are licensed, the people who have spent years in school <laughs> preparing to take care of people, is like, like, let them, yeah. let them do their thing and let her have some privacy, right? Like, commenting on her Instagram, blink or wear a red shirt, like, how is that helping? Even if she blinks or even if she wears a red shirt, like, how do you know that, that, you know, she's, she's, um, aware of what's going on well and the other yeah the other problem too is like miley cyrus like she'll shout free britney at a concert like other celebrities that understand the business like miley cyrus a child star herself saying that i think was alarming for me 
and didn't like she uh, was in and I believe produced that Ashley O episode of Black Mirror that people think was modeled after Britney. So there's just a lot, like you said, perfect storm and a lot of things that kind of connect. And it's like, I I would assume Miley, who's a done a collaboration with Britney and B understands child stardom. Uh, for her to say that out of turn, I just think is really um, an interesting thing too. But I know you don't have the answer to that. Just something I'm pointing out. And also, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I'm I'm just trying to ask the questions I know people are going to think of as they're listening to this and take advantage of while you're here. So I I so appreciate you answering my questions that are often dead end, but <laughs> still want to make sure well, anyway. I'm so excited to have somebody to talk football. I um I keep uh, discussing it with all the other attorneys at my firm. I'm like, and in the free Britney movement right now, <laughs> and they all just uh yeah they're like, why have you really gone deep in this? You know, uh, looking at the at comparing the Texas law and the California law, and well, California does right. play, and isn't that a oh right, yeah? They're like, okay, well, it's like relax. <laughs> um, John Oliver did a really interesting um, last week tonight about guardianship a few years ago, and he got um, a, a well-known judge from Texas on that show being like, well, guardianship's more restrictive than going to jail. Uh, I'm like, hi disagree. Um, the, the idea behind protecting any person is always that it should be the least restrictive alternative tailor-made to that person, right? And so if somebody um, just needs, a, you know, a power of attorney or they have a power of attorney over their mom and, and a, a healthcare power of attorney, you know, then they can they can take care of their parents as they age and get elderly, you know, if nothing's contested and, and if you don't have to do anything extreme. But, you know, uh, then you go up to somebody who has had a mental health commitment um, and you start looking at what's the best way to protect you, taking away the fewest number of your rights, right? And and I think, to me, they've, they've struck a balance with this, um, with, with Brittany's conservatorship, just from my limited knowledge. And, and um, she's She's been thriving for several years, right? Um, and it, it, her shows have been going well. Um, she's been making money. Uh, she has this wonderful boyfriend. Um, and and I just who people uh, think is on her payroll because he tells her to smile in videos. Well, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm just playing. To, I'm just telling I'll you win. what people are going to say back on when they're listening. <laughs> well, no, I. <laughs> I, I there there's, a lot of, there's so many interesting theories and and a lot of ways that this could go wrong you know but um at, I Occam's razor <laughs> yeah they're they're there these these systems are there to protect these people who need protecting who need some sort of amount of help I mean again if she comes out of conservatorship and something happens right um if you know, if there's a drastic life change or if she loses all of her money or, you know, if something happens, they're, they're, then they're, people are going to go back and blame the family. Well, why didn't you take care of her? Look, look at the bad press around Kim and Kanye. Like, why isn't Kim doing something about this? Right. So Good point. it's just, it's an, it's a no win situation. Um, and all, all that they can do is take care of her the best way that they know how and, and try and ignore the press. Like, I mean, if people are really concerned, um, you know, look at look at guardianship and conservatorship laws. You know, watch the watch the episode of Don Oliver about ways that conservatorship can go wrong, and advocate for change in the laws. Right? Make sure that there are more checks and balances. Make sure that you know, if 
there's a high standard for taking somebody's constitutional rights away. Um, but again, like, but, but yelling about it on Instagram isn't helping. Anymore. Yeah. And you said earlier, it's not possible to force her to work. Right. I think that that's just the big contradiction is like, why is a, like, if, yeah, if she meets this criteria, it's confusing that she'd still be working. But then there's the argument of that this is what has to happen so she can work. Right. And I, like, I, again, I don't think she's, I, I have no inside knowledge. I don't think she's being forced to work. Um, and no, they couldn't force her to do that. They couldn't force her to go to a job. They, you know, they can't force her to go to treatment. They can't force her to sign any sort of contract, right? And, um, all of, all of the public comments that her team has made is, you know, she's involved in all the business decisions, right? Like she's aware of everything. Um, and, and she's not yeah. in domination, right? Like she doesn't, it, it seems like she was able to yeah, not. Yeah, for once she didn't want to work, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, but like, she's, she they're collecting insurance. It's like, oh, geez. <laughs> no, and I think the most, one of the most important things you said is um, just because she doesn't want it doesn't mean it isn't necessary. Uh, right. And, you know, there's the, all those clips from that documentary of her being like, I'd say it's like being in jail, but at least when you're in jail, you know, when you're going to, there's an end and there's no end for me. Like, it's so sad. Um, yeah. And I, and obviously this is not an ideal way to live your life. It sounds like it's incredibly unique for her age, but is, we can't determine uh, how it is against her situation because we don't know it. Um, and I don't, yeah, it's like, I don't, I, I understand how it looks. I'm so appreciative for you clarifying that so many of the things that seem, you know, that they could be sinister, have an alternate motive, actually are common and have good reason. No, this is so, so helpful. You're awesome. I kept you way over time. <laughs> Regardless of where anybody stands, this is, uh, I think at least people have a lot more information to make their mind up beyond just what's kind of on the Twitter threads and TikTok. And I'm so grateful for you, Rebecca. Thank you for coming on. Talk. This was this was really enjoyable and love the podcast. I'm sure that you hear that a lot, but um, you make quarantine so much more fun. I try and I try and explain it to people before I'm like, never mind, just listen. I'm like, no, no. There was a whole train of thought this week about how country music you could maybe interpret it as true crime instead of love story. <laughs> yeah, abduction <laughs> anthems <laughs> like suds in the bucket. <laughs> And I hope that uh, Ted Bo's okay and has a, has a successful appointment with the vet. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. So what do you guys think? Did that change your mind at all? Because so like the a lot of the beginning half of this, I, I recorded before I talked to her um, because I kind of wanted to ha put down like f what I had fresh in my mind from the first person I talked to before I get to my conclusions can i just shout out a few black owned businesses that i want to highlight from the free ad space form so if you well if you own one or if you know of a black owned business that we can feature please go to my instagram and uh enter in the form it's a highlight it says free ads and i just want to showcase some of the awesome work people are doing the first one is called don't miss me or it might be don't ms me this is so cool. Okay, so the company works to stream MS support groups so that people who aren't able to make a meeting, often because they're in pain, 
don't miss Ms. The Meeting. It's http colon slash slash don't msme.com. Don't miss me. I love this. A close friend of this listener started it and they actually used to work together, but she left um, in part to pursue this further. Anybody with uh, any familiarity with um, MS uh, understands how important important it is to have resources and alternatives, especially at times when the pain is extreme. Beyond that, being able to streamline processes, remotely stream meetings, not have people's work affected, uh, I think is so incredibly important. I love this. Please go to don'tmizme.com and support. The next one is, I lost my place. The next one is called LAR Art Studio. Lanisha is a black artist and photographer out of Houston, Texas. She hosts art workshops as well as consults. Art is her second career and it is born out of a love of creating. This was this listener's youth pastor when she was 10 years old. I loved that. And um, Lanisha is a multidisciplinary visual artist. And she has a portfolio that includes a range of work in abstract painting, photography, teaching, writing, and speaking. This is so beautiful. So if you go to L-A-R-A-R-T, L-A-R-Artphotography.com. Oh my gosh. I love abstract paintings. I, do you guys invest in art? I really should. I feel like that's such an adult thing to do. I am 32. But, um, you know, I'm still, I, I need to graduate from home goods. This is stunning. She's so talented. Um, and I love that the, she was this listener's youth pastor. That's so cool. Okay, go check out her art. She's brilliant. L-A-R Art Studio. Website is lararphotography.com. The next one is, that people give me like various levels of information. I'm never trying to like over under highlight somebody, but the submissions I kind of am going off of. And then I go to the website and, and look around. But this next one is Claire, C-L-A-R-E. Everything you need to paint your home delivered. C-L-A-R-E dot com. This is really cool. So they're on a mission to make paint shopping easy and inspiring so you can create a home you love. They reimagine a paint shopping experience with designer curated colors, technology to guide you in mess-free paint swatches. Highest quality paint and supplies delivered. This is a really good idea. Oh, and they're like a color authority. The owner is Nicole, Nicole Gibbons. She's a founder and an interior designer who saw that no paint brands were offering an easy or convenient way to shop for paint. So she decided to fix that. A true expert in her field, her design know-how has been featured by HGTV, Oprah Winfrey, Good Morning America, El Decor. Oh my gosh. This is a very good idea. It's like the um, Warby Parker for paint kind of, you know? I love that. Okay, go to Claire.com. Read more about it. I struggle with color. I don't own a home, so I don't paint. But I imagine I'd have a really hard time figuring out the right shade of grayish. Uh, so please support these businesses. They'll be in the show notes. We're featuring a few every week. And please submit more. Okay, so following my convo with Rebecca, I felt very brought back down to earth. But then Brittany's Instagram, I mean, I, I truly do a 180 daily. I don't know how to feel. I'm curious how you feel. I thought, I thought it was interesting how she was like, not, that, that she really did not seem to think it was unusual. Um, the LA person, the things she thought were unusual were for it seeming to be more mentally health driven and a non-mental health conservatorship, I think, uh, for it not being like annually renewable, as I mentioned earlier. And, um, 
I feel like she when I talked to her, the attorney thing seemed more murky. Like I, I was trying to understand the technicality of how, uh, you know, Brittany couldn't have chosen her own attorney and how Sam could have like gone and never met her. And like that part, like, so, and I feel like that is the part that I didn't get great answers on, but if it comes down to the capacity declaration, that is what it is. Uh, but I do feel like it cleared up a lot of things like not that's like not sketchy about really the doctor that, you know, all the money isn't necessarily in the one thing, the LA doc, the LA doctor, the LA attorney. I don't know if I'm supposed to use her name. I don't mean to be informally referring to her, but, um, she's like, there's just so many other, like there's other places you can have money. Uh, So when people are like, where's the money? It's because it doesn't, it wouldn't all be in the conservatorship because it, wouldn't all be just under Britney Spears, the person. There's so many like different LLCs and whatnot. It could be in. And doesn't James Spears control like 36 of them? Which is also questionable. But um, oh, yeah, he like took out office fees, but none of them have a physical address. I don't know. That's pretty normal, too, to not have a physical address. Most people just put like a suite of. Uh, it's, you can't use a P.O. box, so people will use like a UPS store, mailboxes, et cetera. Uh, let's see. I thought the, I just thought so many things were enlightening from, of course, she doesn't want this. Like, you can't overthink the fact that somebody doesn't want this because who would? In addition to the parents not wanting it, you know, um, I thought it was really interesting to hear more about the dementia piece. Um, I thought it was really helpful to be talked through the reality of like what they could and couldn't restrict. But it still sounds like, you know, who's to say they're not doing that behind the scenes or blackmailing or, you know, or hanging it over her head. I wasn't that convinced by that. Um, but I don't know. It's just interesting. It's good to hear a professional be like, this doesn't shock me. This is standard. They wouldn't do this unless it was necessary. Something very serious has got to be in there. And beyond that, just even reminding us like how we really just don't know the sources of stuff. And it's of course, it's convincing and you can get carried away. And not to say these arguments aren't legit and people haven't worked hard and they didn't get these sources from somewhere at some point. But unless we have a work cited. I just don't know how, what to believe, and I don't feel comfortable reporting on this fact. So I apologize for the wishy-washiness. In conclusion, e- even if we aren't sure what's wrong, something's not right. There's, I guess, two ways you can look at it. Either she's off her meds or, like, she's being deliberately drugged. What I was trying to figure out and potentially debunk with Rebecca is, like, do they have the power to force her to take psychotropic medications under this conservatorship? And the answer is technically no, unless they had a special petition, which I've seen a screenshot online that I can't verify. Uh, and beyond that, if the that that's contradictory to what the movement believes in terms of she went off her medication electively. So her dad gave him an ultimatum, which does mean she has the choice. Right. So I, I, I'm like hoping and praying that's not actually the case and somebody's not drugging her. I mean, it's like awful. And I know I didn't even get to, to the boyfriend, but like, I don't know anything about him. And I truly can't figure it out. Uh, and I, I think I told you last episode, like I looked all through IMDb Pro. They do not have the same manager or agent or l- lawyers or p- like publicists or anything. I was trying to find like a connection with how they'd get set up or like, was he in security or what? But I don't know, you guys, I, I, it wasn't collectively exhaustive, I know. And I didn't go really into 2008 to now, but. Honestly, everything seemed okay until the Free Britney thing started. I mean, she was engaged. Uh, Her residency was unbelievable. I went to it. Like, I just didn't, maybe I didn't notice uh, until, you know, things started to kind of unravel a bit last year. But 
whatever the cause is, I just want the best for her. I just think we need to be kinder in the Instagram comments. I, I sarcasm isn't helpful. She, really, she like she might not be like yeah. It's hard to convey tone online. I just like really wish people would see this not as a a quirky person who we should be making fun of, but as a person who um needs support because independent of the cause of the you know slightly off behavior the the thing we should always be advocating for is we want what's best for her we want her to have a choice um and until we know for certain what that looks like and if she does all we can do is hope for the best and send good energy and be really kind and if she asks us to step out hope that it's her talking again i do think she run this is her on her social media uh, that is that is my official theory. I actually think that they kind of pulled back the reins and this is what happened, not they've tightened them because I think like this is a way to I think it was almost like a trial period to see like how things would go if she was out of it. Right. But yeah, Rebecca was kind of like it could be more dangerous outside of it. You just don't know. And like in the state she's in on Instagram, it is a bit concerning. And like I just. She's always alone. I'm like, I don't know, guys. Uh, I could literally talk about this forever. And I know you don't want to hear me do it anymore. Long story short, I'm sure it's kind of frustrating that I don't have a hard and fast take. And I kind of thought I would. But I listening back to the lawyer convo, I'm like, yeah, nope, got no idea. <laughs> uh, but I would my guess my I am. 70, 30 that that is she's not on too much medication or being drugged against her will, I think 70 percent likelihood that she is actually off medication um and that that it would kind of explain uh why for so long when she was under the conservatorship more tightly and performing and if the ultimatum was medication she'd be taking it and while maybe sedated and not as feeling as as joyful or feeling you know sometimes it kind of there's a numbing effect and like that is tough and Maybe she wants to see what she's like outside of it. It's been a while. Like, I don't know. We just don't know. It could be really dangerous to go off your medication or could be her absolute right. I don't know. I hope you guys were interested too and this was a good use of your time. I want her to be happy. I want us all to respect people's mental health. I want conspiracy theories to be entertained but not digested. Uh, You know, because well, I'm sure there's some vigilante efforts that have ended well. I do think there has to be... um, a meeting of realistically, what does my involvement do for this movement? Could it further impede something or hurt somebody? Or am I actually going to be meaningfully helpful versus, you know, it's cool to like raise general awareness and whatever, but how far do you take it? Do you crusade against people that disagree? How comfortable are you editorializing and using unverified sources? You know, I just put myself in her situation and like anytime anything remotely personal happens to me, not that I'm like some crazy public figure, I just close like all I want is to close off from the world. It's it's very hollow if you relied on your emotional support and protection from people that don't know you personally. And I know she loves her fans, but I also know that the only way a public figure we love can be the best version of themselves is if sometimes the people that love them the most give them the time that they need. And that's been hard for me and T Swift. But here she is dropping albums and she's back and better than ever. My God, I, I, I cried the, uh, through the whole thing. It was gorgeous. I feel like I'm 
it's 2012. I'm listening to an Iron and Wine Pandora station, drinking a you know magnum of Yellowtail, drafting different versions of text messages on like Microsoft Word to send to Greg. So I seemed chill because I pretended to be chill for like two years. The jig is up now. <laughs> Anyways, love you guys. Love Brittany. I hope this was okay. I was very nervous to do it. I'm sorry if I overqualified too in the last episode. I got really freaked out <laughs> when I was like like lawyers for Brittany got taken down and then I got some DMs being like, be careful. And I was like, oh crap. Like I thought this was just kind of a casual pop culture thing to report. But four hours later, <laughs> it's like, yeah, so casual. Uh but I'm gonna leave you with uh well, if you want to see I did a instead of doing an episode reacting to Taylor Swift's new album, I recorded myself like on video listening to it um and put it up on Patreon. Not to like for a money grab. I mean, it's a perk. I'm not going to lie. But I I can't put that on regular iTunes. I'll use all her music. Um, You know, you can do small clips, but I actually wanted to be able to go through some lyrics and stuff. So patreon.com slash be there in five. There's also another PowerPoint party this weekend. I do know one of the presentations I will tease is about um, secret societies at like Ivy and public Ivy universities, I think, or what they call public Ivies. Um, I'm very excited. And yeah, support Helix. Don't forget to get, you'll get $22 off your Wink Wine order with code be there in number five or Helix is F-I-V, be there in F-I-V-E. And I'll put that in the show notes. And I hope you'll come back soon. I have so many deep dives from Mormon mommy bloggers to uh, the, you know, purity and true love weights movement to being in a sorority, being a bridesmaid to TikTok to Bumble to call her daddy drama uh, there's all sorts of stuff in my back catalog where uh, we are in the trenches of, of nonsense and there's nowhere I'd rather be and no one I'd rather be in there with. So although Brittany says there's two types of people in the world, the ones that entertain and the ones that observe, honestly, my entire mission statement for this podcast is to be the Venn diagram of those two things. And that's all I can hope for. And with that, I'm going to leave you with an insane instrumental version of Circus that just it 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 i i am high flying on the metaphorical trapeze listening to it and it it brings me good vibes that i am sending to Brittany and her loved ones and hoping for the best don't forget to please share this on your instagram story if you liked it because it's the only way podcasts grow and this took me a really long time to do and i'm not really sure about it but i hope it was a good use of your time honestly there's so many good podcasts about Brittany, like from eat pray Brittany to it's Brittany bitch um if you want to dive deeper I know this was long, but like the other podcasts are like, you know, 18 to 20 episode series. And they're so amazing if you have time for them and trying to condense. It was a little challenging because now I get why they did a full series. It makes sense. But yeah, if you're private and you post about this on Instagram or something, um, just DM me so I can see it. My DMs are a little like crazy because of Taylor Swift, but I'm planning on sorting through them this weekend. Anyway, you guys. I mean, thanks to you for joining. Thanks to Brittany for all she's given us. To quote Danny, a true queen icon and legend, the talent for the ages that sacrificed a great deal uh, to entertain us for so long. So I hope she knows that no matter what she chooses to do, whether we free Brittany or, you know, let it be for Brittany, I just want her to be happy and in the right hands and to know that no matter what, her fans support her unequivocally. Or, as some might say, till the world ends. As always, let me know your thoughts, and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. I swear.